None of us in this room can say that God has answered every single prayer that you've ever had immediately. There has to have been some sort of timing or a time element sometimes to how he responds, if he responds at all. But what we're going to find here at the end of this lesson and in the upcoming lesson as well, too, that all of this is deliberate on his part, not meant to hurt you, not meant to push you back. The thing we have to always remember is that even in God's silence, it's not necessarily a put down of you. We equate our human emotions to sometimes God not responding to us. And we need to now stop doing that because we're dealing with God himself. We're not dealing with a human being. We're not dealing with someone who is treating us like humans would treat us. He is treating us in such a way where, first of all, if we remember what Scripture says, and we always go back to that, God is love, and we need to keep riding on that train. God is always love. He doesn't change or deviate from who he is. So as we continue to teach this, continue to learn this, continue to understand this, I'm hoping that in your prayer life, you always come back to this. Jesus gives us the model of prayer in the book of Matthew about how we are to approach God, and we need to keep approaching him in that way. And he does want us to call him friend because he calls us friend. Well, if you have a friendly relationship with someone, you're going to have good communication. Very good communication. That's what friends do. Acquaintances, you don't have friendly communication with. You just have cursory communication. So we need to understand that this is a loving relationship that needs development. And even in God's silence, that love relationship does not change. But let's talk about this silence when we're having a hard time, because this is what we need to understand, too. A lot of this is being said in a vacuum. But when we struggle most, that's when we get more vulnerable and frail and want something deeply, but when we're having a conversation with God, we're not getting what we want. So when we're struggling is when we need to look at how we respond. We need to be more consistent in our response. When things are good, nobody really cares, right? Everything's fine. But when things are difficult, now we get back to how are we going back to God in this situation? Sometimes God is silent when we're struggling the most. Now, this is what Jennifer says in his, her writing, and I tend to agree with that because when, when we're doing well, it isn't an issue. It isn't an issue. We're doing our regular prayers, our daily prayers. We're praying for other people. We may not be praying for something specifically when it comes to us or comes to our families, although we should be consistent with that. But when we're struggling, sometimes we suffer in that silence. God could easily rescue us when we get stuck also, but would it be the kindest act? And the question is, why or why not? We're actually in the middle of page four on the lesson. And I'm in the bold section. 
So what about this? Is God a rescuer? Well, let's look at this for a moment. Sometimes we practice what is called rescuing behavior. Is that good? Always. Not always. Why is that? You don't learn a lesson. What do you learn if someone is always rescuing someone? To depend on someone else. That's exactly what you're learning. You're learning dependency. You're learning dependent behavior. You're being taught dependent behavior. If you are rescuing someone, if you are rescuing everybody in your whole family because they you know, don't know how to deal with stuff or handle stuff on their own, how is that helping them and how is it helping you? You've got to be worn out. That's a lot of activity. You know, sometimes... You have to let someone fail in order for them to learn lessons of life. And sometimes God does this to us as well. Because it's a teachable moment. You had your hand up, Pearl. You're reinforcing the behavior. Exactly. That's right. That's right. And one thing that I've told people just in giving advice, if you don't like seeing something, tell the other person. Rather than just hanging on to it, tell them that you don't like that. Now, there's a way to do it in such a way where you're not blowing them out of the water when you respond. But you tell them because if you don't say something, what's going to happen? Are they learning anything from you? Or are you just keeping it in and making yourself feel worse as a result? Now, what God is doing with us, and I'll get you in one second. I saw a hand go up. What God is doing with us sometimes in his silence is he's trying to teach us stuff. Even in the midst of our struggles. He's trying to teach you stuff. He's trying to make you go down a different path sometimes and looking in a different direction. Sometimes we're stuck. In our struggles, and we're not broadening our scope of our relationship with him. Lord, what do you want me to learn from this situation? Do you ask that question of God? What do you want me to learn from this situation? Since I'm not hearing from you, what do you want me to see in this particular situation? That's a legitimate question. Because now what you're doing is you're actually opening yourself up to greater understanding of what's happening. Now, you've got to understand something. God wants you in his word. What what have we been emphasizing throughout this whole thing? God wants you in his word every day. Even when you are struggling. When you're struggling, it's not the time for you to say, I don't want to read that Bible. You ain't talking to me in prayers. Why should I look at what you're talking about in your word? Well, that's just a foolish response. You still need to be in the Word. Go ahead. I apologize. I... It's okay. Um, you know, I used to tell my brothers, I was down to jail. I used to tell my brothers, y'all better pray that the Lord will take me before he takes Mama. Because I would tell them, I will not be your crutch. Okay. <laughs> You're being honest. Okay. 
He set the stage for what, what the expectation was. That's right. Okay. Very good. All right. Yes. Lazarus. Yes. That's right. That's right. He was silent. He didn't say anything. Did everybody catch that? When Lazarus died, you know, Jesus could have done what? Healed him immediately. Couldn't he? We know that because we've seen that happen in Scripture. We know that he could have healed immediately. Just like the centurion who had the sick person at home could have healed immediately at that moment, but chose not to do anything, was quiet until Lazarus actually did die. And not only that, he was dead for three or four days. Yeah. Silent about that issue. Right. Did not happen. That's correct. But we know the reason for that. But we don't know the reason for it until after the fact, when Lazarus was brought from the dead, after he was starting to smell and stink on the fourth day, was brought from the dead for what purpose? To bring a bunch of folks to the Lord. Because there's always something that we have to take into account when God is not responding right away to our prayers or not even answering or addressing our prayers. There's something else going on. We always need to have that mentality as believers. As we progress in our faith, as we progress in our understanding as much as we can of who God is, we should be maturing in our faith now, understanding that his silence does not mean indifference. But there's a purpose within it. So it wouldn't be very kind if he was rescuing people all the time. Rescuing people, we found just from our own personal experience, is not teaching really anything. It's not teaching anything. Now, do some people need to be rescued? Absolutely. And times that they are, and times God in his mercy, frankly, he has rescued us at times when we really needed it. Amen? Amen. I mean, all just looking at me, but there have been times where he has rescued you when you needed it most and when it needed to happen. And you learn something from that. What do you learn? God's goodness, God's grace, God's mercy. He taught you something through that experience. But not every opportunity is a rescue opportunity. Because of his goodness, God sometimes allows us to endure his silence and feel frustration. If we quickly threw out answers or stepped in and rescued us, what would we learn? How would we grow? That frustration is raising your cackles a little bit. It's giving you a desire now to think outside the box and not just sit in your frustration and now go back and say, Lord, what do you want me to do here? He's actually making you think. What did we say last week? He makes you think. 
He should be making you think about this relationship you have with him. He wants you to think. And you should be thinking because you're not robots. You don't just do stuff. You're not programmed. You have free will. You have the ability to make free choices. You're not robots. He wants you to think. If I'm frustrated, it makes me think. When I'm driving in traffic on 480, I often get frustrated. And I often do a lot of thinking. And I also have to ask forgiveness for some of the things I'm thinking sometimes. Because I know that that frustration brings out more thoughts, and sometimes they're fleshly. But I also know that it makes me think. It heightens my awareness. It makes me aware of what's going on around me. Not a bad thing. It should be making you think more about your own relationship with Jesus Christ when you don't hear something right away. Don't be discouraged when you feel stuck. Don't think God is disengaged from you because he is silent. He wants you to think. He wants you to reach out to him. If you don't get anything else out of this particular section of the class, his silence should be prompting you to do what? Pray more. That's what you should be doing. Pray more. The exact opposite is to what? Stop praying. Well, he's not speaking to me, so therefore I'm going to stop praying until he tells me something. What is that? How is that developing this friend relationship you're supposed to have with the Lord Jesus Christ? You're not being a friend. Remember, you're drawing back onto what the Word says. 1 John 4, 8. God is love. Then stick with that. God is not indifferent. His love is not indifferent. He is not... Oh, what's the word for it? I just thought of something like that. You know how sometimey. He's not... He not, doesn't do a sometimey thing. He's in love. He's love all the time. We have to have that type of relationship with Him. Unreliable, okay. Unstable, okay, yeah, absolutely. We're the ones that can be sometimey. Amen? Amen? We can be sometimey. We expect perfection, but we're not perfect. So here's a question for you. What is your V that you just can't find? This is going back to what we were referring to earlier. What is that missing piece when it comes to prayer that you're looking for and wish God would just point it out or provide? This will make you think, I hope, about your prayer life. Your prayer life. Your prayer life is really important in this situation. I'm not going to make any assumptions, but just like I had to teach my kids how to pray, I had to learn how to pray. You have to teach them how to pray. 
You have to teach them the very basics in prayer when they're starting out. The very basics in prayer when you were starting out, when they're little babies, is what? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. That's the basics. You're just training them how to start praying. Now I'm going to tell you something. There are a lot of us who still need to work on their prayer life. And I'll put myself in there to show that I'm not talking about anybody in particular except me. I need to learn how to pray more, too, and pray better. It's not that I don't have a prayer life. I have a prayer life, but I know it's not the way I would like it to be. I'm still learning. If you're still learning from the Lord Jesus Christ, you should be developing your prayer life as often as possible. You're still learning. You're still growing in your relationship. You don't have it all figured out. Who does? Who on earth can say they have their prayer life all figured out? Somebody that doesn't. Ooh. Now, I didn't say that. You did. So, okay. But, but she's actually making the point. There ain't nobody here that's got it all figured out. I don't care who you are. And I'm putting myself in that category. You're still learning. You're still growing. You're still developing. There are things that you still have to fill in some gaps. There are missing pieces in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're still working. And he gives us, frankly, experiences from time to time that challenge us with this stuff. We're challenged with it. What promise does God give to us in Psalm 138.8? Turn to Psalm 138.8. The best thing that we have is his word, and that's why we should be in it every day. But he gives us this stuff in scripture. If we're reading his word every day, it's going to reinforce what we should be understanding all the time about God's goodness and God's consistency. God has never changed from the God you read about in Genesis 1-1, who was present creating the heavens and the earth. He has never changed. Same God. Never changed. And his word has even said, I've never changed. No change. So if there's no change, you have the character of God to rest your faith on. The character of God. Do you have that? The character means his, he's never changed. He's always going to be a loving God. He's always going to be a God who cares about you. But you've got to be in the word every day to get this reinforcement. What's the worst thing for a new believer? To not be in the word. What's the worst thing for an old timer believer? To not be in the word. You've read through the Bible a couple, three times. You know all what the Bible says, but you're still not. Now you say, well, maybe I don't need to do this anymore. Big mistake. Big mistake. You need to be in the Word every day. So what's this promise in Psalm 138.8? The Lord will fulfill his promise for purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. 
the Lord will fulfill His purpose for you. You don't always understand what that purpose is. You need to be praying every day about being guided by the Lord in the best way possible. And things are going to change. Maybe you guys have heard, maybe you haven't heard. 107.3 The Wave, the radio station, is going to change formats again. Seems like it's on a 10-year cycle, right? There's no longer going to be smooth jazz. In fact, all the staff got let go last Friday. Everybody. They're all gone. Yeah, they've been doing Christmas music since like the end of November. It was, it, was a, it was a sudden change. They did it early, but I didn't know why they did it early, but they did it early basically because they've already determined that that's, it's, they're flipping the switch January 1. So now there's a change. So now after, and I was just telling my wife on the way in, there's, if you have a radio career, always keep your irons in the fire because stations get sold, things get changed. Formats change, ratings change, what radio stations do. It's all about staying profitable. And this is not just here. This is all over the country. Anybody who's in radio understands that. Staff can get let go at any moment. So if the staff is being let go, guess what? That's a change. So now what does that mean? How do you respond to that change? What are you going to do about that change? It can be sudden. It can be gradual. It doesn't really matter. But... What do you do in your relationship with the Lord? You should be praying every day. You should be in the word every day and be ready to move and do something on his calling. So what that means is your career could change. Your health can change. Yes, your health can change. There's there's all kinds of things here. You know, we can go on and on about what can change. And we understand what change is because we've experienced it. And for those of us who don't like change, that's tough. I'll put my wife on semi-full blast. She doesn't like change. She suffers a lot and probably suffers in silence because I know she's shared with me that she doesn't like change. But for those who don't like change, they suffer sometimes in silence. So they're having a wrestling match with the Lord. Literally are having a wrestling match. Okay, yeah. If we're being honest about who we are, it's okay if you don't like change. But now what that does, though, is it it challenges you now to kind of step it up with your prayers, step it up with your learning more about what the Lord is trying to teach you through that situation. For those of us who have been laid off and we know what it is to go through a job transition thing, we understand that. But we also know when we come out on the other side, we recognize God's grace, his goodness, his mercy, how he's kept you, how he's still provided for you. There's all kinds of things you can draw upon in the midst of this change or transition. And I'm prayerful that the people at that radio station will be able to train. Well, Mark Ribbons is a pastor, so he's he'll be fine. He's got his job. Right. But the others have to find work. It is what it is. So what do you do in the midst of this? The Lord's going to fulfill his purpose for you. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. What does that say about his love? It endures forever. You know why? Because God is love. He's an eternal God. He is not going to be contradictory to himself. That's who he is. If you have to pray that 
over and over to get you through minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, week after week, and month after month, then that's your prayer. God is still love. He hasn't changed. He's never going to change. And the prayer here in this psalm, do not forsake the work of your hands. You are the work of his hands. That's you. That's who you are. You were created by him. Yes. Yes. That's an excellent point. Not, you know, it's like they were right on the cusp of hearing from God. Mm-hmm. We know because Christ came in, in the 400th year. But right. 399. That's right. And they hadn't heard for three generations. That's right. And headed for four. Can you imagine that? Now think about that. God was silent and had pretty much is documented in Scripture for 400 years. 400 literal years, as in, like you said, generations. People born and die through that period of time never heard a voice from the Lord. All they had was what was written, what was spoken, people passing on information, but it it wasn't coming from him. That's a long time when God was truly silent. So we... But he sent a savior. That's right. It was according to his perfect timing, which is something that we need to also understand, too. God doesn't just do stuff random. We can be as random as, as, as all get out. But he is not random. It was in his perfect timing. And we use the word perfect timing because there had to have been circumstances that took place to allow for that savior to come at that moment. Yes. Yes. Uh, Zachariah. Yeah. Hadn't seen anything. Mm-hmm. But consider the faith even of those individuals who are serving as priests at that time. They hadn't heard anything. But they were doing what they were called to do, what they felt was right to do. You stay with it. That's a teachable moment, too. Okay, you haven't heard from God. It's been quiet. You stay with it anyway. Because you know he's true. You know that even though you're not hearing from him, he's still true. You still stay after it. You don't stop. You don't fold the Bible up and put it away. It was really, I'm going to get you in one second. It was really distressing to see people's Bibles, including in my own house, gathering dust. Didn't talk about the Lord much in my house when I was growing up. Bible was there, old King James Version. You know what I mean. Had the stuff written on the inside, you know, the old traditional, you know, where did this Bible come from? Who gave it to you and all that stuff. Bible was just almost like new because it was hardly open, just had dust on it. 
Well, clearly there's been a transition. There's been a change. The Bible is all important. That is how he does speak to us. Okay, Ryan, I'm sorry. That's okay. It's, it's like today, um, I'm around people more than I've ever been around people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like people's conversation has changed now to be like the Grim Preacher. And then mm-hmm. they look at me for an answer. I say, only God knows. He always works for his purposes. So I don't look <coughs> at the negative or the positive against a person. Because God has a plan, whether it's with that person or whoever he decides he wants. But people want to hear from God now. Absolutely. He because he's doing his business. And I try to stay out of this business. Well, the bottom line, too, Ronnie's answer actually was a perfect answer. Because what people get distracted by is stuff that happens around them. And if you watch them, I'm tell, I don't watch the news. I get the information I need. But I don't sit and watch the news. Because all that does is just programs you into thinking the world's going to fall apart. The country's going to fall apart. You need to be redirected. You do a redirect. I don't know what's going to happen with this stuff. All I know is I leave it in God's hands. You just did a redirect. Now you're putting the focus on where your focus should be. Him himself. That's where you go. None of this stuff is happening, by the way. And he's like, oh, I didn't know that was happening. Oh, of course he knows it's happening. We all know that. Satan does nothing more than try to distract all of us from paying attention to what's really important in this situation. And it's not stuff happening over here. It's praying to the Lord Jesus Christ and making sure that you're doing everything you can to be the best person you can be before others. In his strength, in his power, in his ability, the true focus, God has taken care of us all of our lives, and he is going to keep taking care of us all of our lives until we leave here. And even then, he's going to take care of us in our inter- all eternity. Don't allow yourself to get distracted from whatever is happening out there. Do yourself a favor. Stay in the word. Stay prayerful. Continue to grow in your relationship with him. God reassures that he is listening and active even though he may be silent. Do you understand that? He knows what you're praying. He understands that. Now, we have to make sure we're doing what? That we're being obedient to him. That we are not doing things contrary to his word to make sure that we are focused on him. Because God will deal with us if we are not focused on him. If we're being disobedient, he's going to deal with us. It's going to happen sooner or later. You better might as well make sure that you get all that stuff out of the way and deal with it. And say, Lord, help me to not sin against you. That's why you need to be in prayer all the time. Does Psalm 138.8 encourage you? And I put a note in there, this is big. This is a big deal about God's promise in Psalm 138.8. It's a big deal. He's making a promise that he is going to keep. And he has been keeping it. And he has not changed. And he is just waiting 
for us to respond to him. He's keeping that promise. Now, a million things go off in my head at the same time. Every one of us knows someone in this room, everybody in this room knows someone who does not know the Lord. Those people should be on your hearts and minds every single day for prayer. It's not always perfect. You don't always remember them, but the Lord knows who they are. But you also need to have a mind of prayer for those people you know in your life that are close to you, maybe not that close, but a peripheral number of people in your little sphere of influence that you have. Be prayerful for them. That they get it. That the Spirit can speak to them and they'll respond. Be encouraged. God's silence is always compassionate and never cruel. Remember that. God's silence is always compassionate and never cruel. God is never going to be cruel to you. He has a friend relationship with you. He wants you to have a close relationship. It's not a cruel thing. Take the human response element out of your relationship with the Lord. Because it's not human on human. It's not human on human. Now, have you been cruel to God? Oh, absolutely. You, everyone in this room has been. You know why? Because you've sinned. And he doesn't like sin. But he is never cruel to you because he has shown what? He has grace and mercy. Look at all the different reasons that can come up just in having this little brief conversation about how God's goodness is for you and how we need to work on how good we are to him by being obedient absolutely the only way you can love god is what through obedience you can't love him you can't do like this you can't send him love letters you can't mail cards to heaven the only way you can love god and show love is through obedience that's it yeah Moses. He said, I'm getting ready to take him to the promised land. He said, they need to give him all the rules, all the regulations. Yep. He said, they just need to obey. That's it. Before Moses died off, he said, Moses, they're not going to obey. They're not going to do what I told them to do. They're not going to, and he goes on and he tells them that. But what was interesting to me, even though he knew that, he still, it said when they went into um, the, folk, the promised land, yeah. No. That's right. And he still provides for us, knowing that they're not going to obey and do what he tells them to do. Trust me when I tell you this, too. All the instances in Scripture where God judges someone immediately, it's because he knows the heart of the individual. Where they die, like, instantaneously. They're being ju- he knows the heart of the individual. The people that you're referring to, maybe they really did 
want to seek after the Lord and want to learn more from it. And they actually did. They're going to mess up. They messed up anyway because we all mess up. We all still fall short. All have sinned. Don't say all have sinned and have fall short of God's glory. So if we are all sinning and falling short, well, then wipe us all out, right? Well, wait a minute. That didn't happen. So there had to have been an extension, an olive branch, a desire for you to come to him and have this relationship with him and speak to him and learn more about him and grow in him and develop in him and truly live according to his purpose. That's a deliberate act that he had to do for us. So it's never cruel when he doesn't speak to us. If you had a relationship with someone who seeks to punish or control with their silence, it can be easy to assume God's silence is the same. It is not. Do not equate that behavior with a human behavior. Because that's fleshly. Because people have manipulated people with silence. I know I'm over time. Let me finish. I appreciate it. Understand that he's not a human being. His character has always been God is love and he's going to keep being that way. Don't equate human reaction or fleshly responses to what he does. That's the biggest growth area for all of us. Because God is not a human being. He's not operating in the flesh like we do. Yeah. No, it's not. God's silence reflect his good purposes. Good purposes. His silence stems from him being good and seeking to accomplish good in and for you. Romans 8.28. Go back and look at Romans 8.28 on your own time. We can't do it here because we're over time. But go back and look at that and understand what God's goodness really is. If you look at it long enough and pray about it long enough, you'll see it. So, my friend, relax in his silence. Don't try to fill it with lesser voices or useless noise. Trust that he is offering you silent support. 400 years of not speaking, guess what? There was still silent support for his people. And that's a long time to not hear something, but that support was still there because he brought a savior. He didn't change. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've given us to reflect on your goodness. And Lord, we know that even though you don't always respond or speak to us, we know you're still present. We have evidence of that on a daily basis. We recognize your presence on a daily basis. Help us to be more conscious of your goodness Help us to remember to focus on your word each day. Help us to remember to continue to develop our prayer life each day. And Lord, even though it may seem like a one-way conversation, we know that there is a loving relationship still coming from you. And Lord, we want to love you in the same way. We thank you for these reminders in Scripture. We thank you for these reminders from the very experiences that we have. Help us to be mindful of you in all these things. And now we pray for the upcoming message and the speaker that you'll be glorified and we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you. We'll see you next time. We'll have a new lesson next week.